This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast to support our show. The Battlefront Podcast is also brought to you by Star Wars Uplink, Tiny Sheep Entertainment's new podcast hosted by Sage Goodwin and Jared Bilby, covering everything Star Wars gaming, past, present, and future. Search Star Wars Uplink on your favorite podcast app and look for the tie-dye. Toss that thermal imploder and get your trait to level 3, because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 82 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, joined by my brother and co-host, Sam Goodwin. This episode, we are also joined by... The Winger of Doom. And this episode, we'll be going over the Star Wars Celebration audio interviews and the Xbox... This week in Xbox audio interviews as well. Let's get started. Okay, so before we get into the actual audio, what did you think of the Star Wars Battlefront 2 reveal trailer? Epic. What was your favorite thing about it? Um, the fact that they didn't alienate the prequel era. Yes. I was actually kind of afraid that was going to happen. Yeah, and on, uh, we've talked about on the podcast many times what we thought they should do if they were just going to do... Uh, the new movies, but they actually did all eras, and that was that was awesome. We were actually at our cousin's house uh, when we saw the leak trailer, and we were bouncing off of the walls with excitement seeing Darth Maul, Yoda, and all of these different characters in that little short teaser. It was it was crazy. <laughs> so the first audio that we've got to go over is. Welcome to Star Wars Celebration. How's it been so far? Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Look at this. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those of you watching at home as well on StarWars.com and all around the world, welcome to this Battlefront panel. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to all these Star Wars fans and Battlefront fans? Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt Webster. I'm the executive producer of Battlefront 2. And I'm also the GM at Criterion, and this is my first celebration. Hi, my name is Bernd. Uh, I am creative director at Dice. I'm Paola Julio. I'm the game. I'm the content producer at Motive, and uh, my focus is in making sure we we'll deliver high-quality game campaign. Hey, my name is Mark Thompson. I'm the game director at Motive Studios, um, and I'm super excited to be here representing our awesome team back in Montreal. Let's just get right into it, right? I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. This is a huge game, so you're really bringing out the big guns for this thing. Is that right? Yeah, we absolutely are. I mean, I've been making games for a long time, and I think now the modern blockbuster video games that we're talking about, that we're making these days, uh, uh, where um, the fidelity of play and visuals and audio and the experiences that we're making, well, it really you know, needs us to, um, to fully realize the potential of, uh, of, of Battlefront 2. We brought together um, three studios. We've got uh, DICE, the masters for the last decade and a half on award-winning multiplayer um, shooter games. We have a, a new studio in Motive that is filled with uh, veteran um, action game uh, uh, developers and game makers. And my home studio in uh, Criterion in the UK, um, you know, we think we're the masters of game feel. And uh, so the three of us together, it's a stellar lineup, um, creating probably what I think is the most ambitious title that EA has ever embarked upon. So, Bert, I have a question for you. Now, I know you're fairly new to the team, but what's it like coming in after the first Battlefront? Uh, you know, what's next? What's next for Star Wars Battlefront 2? 
So I didn't work on the first game, and the cool thing is that that I got introduced into the franchise in in game form as a fan. And what struck me most, what still gives me goosebumps, is that I was on Hoth all of a sudden. It's a moment that I've dreamt of since I was a kid, since '84. And this game, Battlefront, put me there. And it still gives me goosebumps. And then uh, when we started thinking about the, the next game, um, we, something that we do is we try to deconstruct the experience. What is it that gives you those goosebumps in the first place? And uh, there are certain things that are so uh, at the heart of a Star Wars. Your blaster, your lightsaber, your ship, and also your family, which is extremely important. And what stood out uh, the most for us was that there's a chance for everybody to become a hero. Right. And that's what is our lens, our mantra, our focus for the whole development. Anyone on the battlefield can be a hero. Exactly. Right. So that's, that's amazing. So if you're a soldier, not just a Jedi, if you're a soldier, if you're a stormtrooper, anything. Anything. And that's how you develop in the game. Yes. So what do you th what do you guys think of the audio? In what way? Like what do you, what do you think of the comments and uh, what they've said about it being the biggest game that they've worked on? Well, that's a pretty big deal. EA's made quite a few games. It's not like they've made very few games, so that's probably a pretty big statement to say it's the biggest thing they've worked on. They like you said they've made tons of games and what I've heard across all the interviews that we'll be going over is this is the biggest thing, game that they've worked on. This is possibly the biggest game that EA's ever done. It will definitely be the biggest Star Wars game. So what what do you think of the customization news that we got for Star Wars Battlefront 2? The talking about the classes and stuff? Yeah, the classes. On one hand I'm excited for that because I didn't enjoy that aspect on the uh, original Battlefront 2 the pandemic made. But I kinda like the Star Card system. I thought they could have just maybe improved it or tweaked it a little bit. They didn't necessarily have to remove it wholesale, but I'm excited to see what the class system looks like. What about you, Sam? Um, I was hoping for the class system for this Battlefront Battlefront 1, so I'm happy about that. I came in with the open mind for the star cards, and I actually really enjoy the star cards. I just wish it was easier to, like, say, mid-game change my hand, but they went with the decision that if so-and-so has a certain hand, you can't go and counter so-and-so's hand by changing it mid-round, which I found annoying because every every single round I may have accidentally forgotten which hand I was using. Then I get into the match and I was like, oh crap, I don't have the hand that I'm used to playing. So that was kind of annoying. So I'm interested to see how they actually bring in the classes and then the customizations that they've mentioned for those classes. We've heard that you'll be able to pick a class and then customize that class to suit your style of play. So Maybe if you want to have the jump pack, you can customize the jump pack class, which I've heard speculated is going to be the assault uh, class, and then kind of change it to where you can use that extra extra range of motion getting to certain places and then possibly move that to a sniper kind of setup. That's what I take it to be. I just hope with the um, customization that there's enough options or a broad enough range that you don't have too many people that have the exact same setup. There's a lot of difference, a variety to it. Yes. Actually, recently, um, let me pull it up. They went over, there was a, the pre-order bonuses actually came with a little more details, and it showed actual, like, grip customization. So that 
like actually customizing your weapon to maybe change the rate of fire, uh, the actual damage it deals, that would be really cool to see. Uh, did you pre-order the game? Yep. The um, What's the special one? The Elite Trooper Special Edition? Yeah. That's the same thing we got. Yes, that one. I figured I might as well just go ahead and go all in. If I don't buy it all now, I'll end up buying it at some point. So. Okay, the product description says uh, the, the Elite Trooper Adi- uh, Deluxe Edition turns your troopers into the ultimate opponents. Every trooper class, official officer, assault, heavy, and specialist is upgraded, delivering superior firepower, deadly weapon modifications, and epic abilities. Charge through the grand corridors of Theed City with the A280 CFE Blaster Rifle, instant weapon unlock, with additional scope modifications for enhanced zoom capabilities. As an assault, use the epic grenade ability to split your grenade into three separate grenades, covering a larger area of damage. Players who pre-order Star Wars Battlefront 2 Elite Deluxe Trooper Edition, or Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, also get to play Star Wars Battlefront 2 up to three days early. In addition, players will receive the Star Wars Battlefront 2 The Last Jedi Heroes, which includes exclusively themed looks for Kylo Ren and Rey, inspired by the upcoming film Star Wars The Last Jedi and Epic Ability Modifier. So, gren- splitting a single grenade into three separate grenades is going to be pretty awesome. It's kind of just like having the barrage again, isn't it? Yeah. So, I wonder if, if you will be able to, say, turn your weapon into a grenade mode and then shoot the grenades out of that way, kind of like Bosk does. That's interesting. And I wonder, does that, like, I, I haven't seen yet, do we still have um, power-ups in the game, or no, did they take that out? They have said that there will no longer be hero pickups or uh, vehicle pickups, but they I don't think they've said anything about actual power-ups. I'd be, curi- I'd be curious if that applied to any grenade, a la Thermal Imploder, yeah. Detonator, any of them. That would be cool if it applied to any type of grenade. Three Thermal Imploders. <laughs> that, that would be epic. So they have said that the uh, Thermal Imploder will be in the next game. Uh, they're talking about the sound. I've seen a lot of people like, how can you get rid of that sound? And it... You can't, as they've... Yeah, you can't get rid of that. It's too good. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard the Thermal Imploder, I was just like, whoa, that that is an awesome sound. <laughs> what do you think of the actual, the triple threat of arrows? How do you think they're going to handle the heroes with that? Just come with, I've seen two per era, or maybe three per era, four, something like that. How do you think they'd handle that? I'm hoping that they'll have a full set of heroes and villains for each era, as if each era is its own game. Mm, yeah. So it would be nice if we had original trilogy era, and it contained essentially all the heroes and villains from the original Battlefront, and then prequel era had a full set, and so did the sequel era. I would assume in regular game modes that will be categorized by era, if they are, they'll keep the heroes and villains separated. Uh, you'll have that crossover between the eras when you play like heroes versus villains or any other modes like that that may include. That would be interesting to see. Like if they add, if like I saw people wanting six per era, that would be crazy because you'd be getting eighteen heroes total. That is that is like Overwatch size, and they've 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 said that they're going to also have a a bigger focus on heroes and the, how they affect the battlefront. Uh, they've said that you will be collecting some kind of tokens or something like that just by your skill, and then you'll be able to use that to either choose to play a, we- a vehicle 
or certain vehicles on maps in game modes or use it to become a hero. I think I saw somewhere that it said that you will have multiple heroes on the battlefront in different uh, game modes. I'm curious what that token system thing is going to look like because it's a pretty vague description. They don't really give you much to work with. I hope it's not actual like, here's a token you pick up, but it's like you get a certain amount of kills or you get a certain amount of assists or something like that, kind of like the trait system does. Like you slowly through your match build up these points and then you, you'll able, you'll be able to say in the, the menus, say, do you want to play a hero right now? Yes, I do. I want to play Boba Fett or Jango Fett or whoever I want to on this certain game mode and map. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be similar to the old Battlefront too. That would be awesome if they actually went that way and said... Would you like to play as a hero now? Here's your certain amount of credits, and then you just press like a square or options. That that would be pretty cool, and that would be a really good callback to the original games. I'm a little confused by I've seen that um, comment about the multiple heroes on the battlefront thing because that's not new. Like just about any game mode that has heroes abilities on the old battlefront, you know, the current one, you can have more than one at a time. So I found that kind of a strange point for them to emphasize so much. That is something a little strange because I don't, if they come back with cargo, I do not see them having heroes in that game mode. That would just completely destroy the game mode. That is something strange, something strange to emphasize so much through these different uh, development interviews. How do you feel about the multiple developers on this single game? If each one of them does their section and does it well, then I'm all for it. It's a good system. I like how they're bringing in Motive, who will also be working on the Visceral Star Wars game with their story as well. So you're going to have this, seemingly, I think in the future, you will have Motive as a story team that will work on the future Star Wars Battlefront games, as well as on their certain games. So that is going to be cool to see. And contrary to our previous beliefs before we got this information, Criterion will be working on the space combat, instead of like we were hoping with VR because they did do the Star Wars Battlefront VR mission. Well, I have two words for that space combat. Capital ships. Yes. Capital ships will be amazing. I hope that they don't do like battle battle station game mode where you just like, here's a certain point, da-da-da-da-da, but instead you will be able to spawn inside a spaceship and then go in there and destroy the engines from the inside, or you can be on the outside fighting uh, TIE fighters or X-wings and then trying to destroy the shield arrays and everything. Yeah, I hope they keep that that system from the older Battlefront 2 where you can destroy the like critical components of the ship from the outside or the inside. That was one of my favorite things. The general space combat in the old Battlefront 2 was actually pretty awful, but the taking down the, sh- the big ships was freaking awesome. GameSpot did a history of Star Wars Battlefront, and they're like, the, the space combat was really good. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, maybe on PC, but... <laughs> What game were you playing? Yeah. <laughs> it was not good then, and it didn't age well. No. But I think Criterion, from their work on the X-Wing VR mission, they did really good with that. So I'm interested to see what direction they take with the capital ships. Um, I hope that you'll be able to do, like, taking down Grievous style and go in there and confront General Grievous, maybe. That would be pretty awesome. I hope they have General Grievous. I will die if they do. General Grievous in the frostbite engine would look incredible like just playing him with four lightsabers would be 
amazing. Let's get to our poll of the week, actually. The results so far. I did. We were doing Count Dooku. We did Django Fett or General Grievous. And General Grievous won 56% of the vote out of 251 votes. Of course he did. General Kenobi! You are a bold one. <laughs> General Kenobi! I had to do it. Now let's get on to our second bit of the interview. That's more, all right. ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right, all right, okay, okay. That's well, more, well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, there was a lot of great multiplayer stuff there, especially at the end of that thing. I, I was seeing so much great stuff, right? I mean, but let's start to break this down a little bit because we, we got to talk about a few things. I hope you don't mind. I got a lot of questions. Uh, the first one is we got to talk about that single player campaign, that character. <laughs> single player campaign and character. What can you tell us about that? Um, so what we, the rebellion has its heroes. It has its heroes like Skywalker, has its heroes like Jyn Erso, um, but who are the heroes of the Empire? Who are the soldiers that can inspire the Empire in the Galactic Civil War? Who were the elite pilots that kids in the galaxy grew up dreaming of being? They wanted to go to these academies to become these elite pilots. Who were the commandos on the battlefield, on the front lines of combat, that could inspire legions of stormtroopers to be the great Empire? Um, and that was, that was the starting point for this story. We wanted to take off the helmet of a stormtrooper and find out who they were, why they believed in the Empire, um, and what it meant to be an elite Imperial Special Forces soldier. What do you think of that? Hyped out of my mind. Sam, your dream of playing your heroes, as you mentioned, I think it was in episode one or two that, that Boba Fett's a hero to you, that that has come true. It's a hero to everyone who believes. <laughs> Only the believers. Boba, Boba Fett for president. <laughs> Make I'm Boba getting those t-shirts made tomorrow. <laughs> Hashtag make Boba great again. <laughs> make the wrist rocket great again. D do you think that they will add Boba Fett into Battlefront 2? I do. Yeah, I would think so. It makes sense. Also, I would really hope so. Boba Fett's one of those heroes that you can't like really not put in a, battle a Star Wars game. Like They made a whole game on him. So th that is a character that people love and like to know more about. Um, so that that could be interesting. But uh, what do you think of um, the actual direction that they took with the campaign? That's probably the best decision they could have made with the campaign, is to go um, Imperial point of view with it. Because, I mean, really, all of the movies, more or less, are the well good guy point of view, whether that's the Republic, the Rebels, Resistance. It's always their perspective, their side of it. So I would have been okay if they had done that or had done one that switched between the two, but I'm all for it being Imperial. That is a side of Star Wars that we don't really know much about. Um, we've, we, we see glimpses of it in the Star Wars books, and pretty interesting look was the, what was it, the Darth Vader book with um, the Emperor Palpatine name escapes me but i read that and it was it was really cool dynamic of how darth vader is always planning to overthrow the emperor he's just waiting for the emperor to give him the the information that he wants and the training that he needs you're talking about lords of the sith yes lords of the sith 
that that was a very very interesting look and the story will be canon uh, wh- what do you think of the the inferno squad which was the, the squad that they will be focusing on I'm, I'm cool with that give us a specific unit to follow i like that it's new for the game but that it's also going to be you know can and official that means maybe we can see them in some other things i foresee a growth in Star Wars Battlefront 2 just from the people who want to know everything about Star Wars, like the people that buy every single book, every little expanded book, and want to know the complete story, because I've already seen people that are like, oh, this story's canon, I'm going to play this game. Who I'm I'm not really a gamer, but I want to know this story. So that that's going to be interesting. Let us continue with the audio. Well, the first thing we did when we started working on the game was talk to our players, and most of them didn't want to relive the exact story they've seen in the movie on TV. So thank you very much for that, because that gave us the great opportunity to work on a new untold story uh, that was complementary to the Star Wars universe, but will also bring a new perspective by giving the point of view of the Empire. The point of view of the Empire. I mean, that's so interesting as a Star Wars fan. I mean, there's, there, that's a, a perspective we haven't even really explored at, to this level before. Um, another question that comes into mind then is when is this story set? I mean, we, we saw some stuff in the trailer, but can you confirm that? Yeah, sure. One of the, uh, one of the first ideas we have, and sometimes you just, you just need a moment of magic inspiration, um, and then you can, like, you can weave a whole story from that. Um, and I think our defining moment was we had this idea... Um, you know, when you see the Death Star 2 explode, um, in the movies and in that narrative, it's framed as a victory. You know, you see everyone um, celebrating, partying with the Ewoks on Endor, um, fireworks uh, across Coruscant. It's a big celebration for everyone. Um, and we, we thought about this idea, like, what would it be like to be a stormtrooper on the ground and to look up to the sky and see the Death Star explode and for that to be a moment of loss, a moment of defeat? Um, and so that when you, when you take off the, the helmet in disbelief and you look up to the sky, you immediately put that helmet back on with a new hardened resolve about how you need to take the fight back to the rebellion and uh, that the rebellion needs to die. And that was kind of, that was, the, that was the starting moment for the story. And so we thought, let's pick it up from there. Let's, let's tell a story that begins right at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, and then when Motive started to work on this campaign, it was at the time when The Force Awakens was still in theaters. We were all super excited about that jump of 30 years because that leaves so many amazing questions. We were asking questions as, as fans and as developers. What happened in those 30 years? And so we thought, hey, let's, let's try and tell one of those stories that connects these two amazing trilogies together. Spanning 30 years, the campaign will go through the story of Iden Versio. How do you feel about the the mystery between that era being expanded? Well, big time gaps. They got plenty of stuff they can put in there. And they got a lot of stuff that needs to be not necessarily explained, but a lot of stuff that needs to be explained is stuff that needs to just be kind of bridged from where they leave it in Return of the Jedi to where Force Awakens picks up. I'm, I'm interested to see how Luke will come into the story because they see you see an older Luke and how maybe we'll be able to see that kind of transition to him eventually going and hiding away on an island planet. What do you think, Sam? I think it's awesome because they get to they, they get to explore another side of Star Wars that you wouldn't normally see. What do you think of the Sentinel droid? Big pops. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping Palpatine alive. That's pretty cool. I was surprised to see that. Actually, that's cool that they brought that in. I hope it actually will be 
more in the game, not just in like one part delivering a message and that be it. Hope it'll be at least like semi-recurring. I doubt it's going to be playable in any way, but I mean that would be awesome if it was. But hopefully you'll see it several different times. Yeah, uh, I was when it first opened up and we heard the emperor in quotes. I was really surprised by that because I was immediately my my mind went like, "What is going on? Is this canon? What the heck's happening right now?" So that was a real big surprise and then eventually we learned it's a sentinel droid and what it actually means in canon so that will be interesting to actually see in a story and how this new tech pretty new technology is used in a canon star wars story and uh, how that will actually come into effect the future of star wars like could we be seeing a sentinel droid in the mainline movies portraying a character we know to be dead I hope so. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe. Be a way to bring Big Palpatine back. Yeah. <laughs> bring back the Senate. I am the Senate. I was ready. Now, how do you think Darth Maul will actually come into effect the gameplay of Star Wars Battlefront 2? Is, is that, will that be your character that you play? I'll be honest with you, I've never liked Darth Maul, so I honestly don't give a crap. I'll play him. Unpopular opinion, I know. I'm going to get roasted for that one. I'll play him for you, Preston. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I always... Like, so with with Star Wars The Clone Wars, we didn't watch it until I think it was 2014 or 15. The reason behind that is because I always thought that the animation was terrible. And then I heard that they brought Darth Maul back. And I was just like, what is happening now? Why? <laughs> it's like, how, he gets his whole body cut in half and then he comes back. I was just like, I don't really want to watch this right now. <laughs> he was a, he was an okay like use and character in Clone Wars. My thing is, I just feel like they kept using him too much. Yeah. You got all these wonderful characters in Star Wars and all these great villains. And like Dave Filoni that ran... Clone Wars and runs Rebels. He like openly hated General Grievous for some reason, and they used him like as little as possible. But he kept bringing Darth Maul back. Yeah. And when he came back into Rebels, that was the epitomization of just unnecessary. They kind of crowbarred him into the show, and then had to get rid of him really quick. <laughs> he's he's not in the movies. We got to kill him off real fast. <laughs> that was the most anticlimactic death for him, and I loved it. And I laughed very hard when I watched it. But I I really liked the direction that they took when they used General Grievous in the Clone Wars because like he is that character that you want to hate because he's just such a wimp like he's running and hiding everywhere I'm just like hurry for force choke him and then bring him over here and then slash him down it's like oh wait you can't because he dies in the next movie I, I just admired the fact that this is someone with no force power really not even any force sensitivity very very little that they've sort of added into him when they transformed him into that. but And yet, he's able to wield numerous, multiple lightsabers and has killed quite a few significant Jedi with sometimes relative ease. Yeah, so I, I really hope that they add General Grievous in the game. I think if they do that, we've already seen Mos Eisley. They've already said you'll be able to play multiple different era heroes together in certain game modes. If they bring in General Grievous, this will be 
Battlefront 2 by Pandemic brought into 2017 and expanded upon and improved so much. So that that is that will be a huge fan pleaser if they bring him into the game. I think it would be awesome to see him interacting with say Ray or old Obi-Wan if they have him in the game. That that would be pretty that would be a pretty cool matchup. General Kenobi. <laughs> you are the <laughs> <old> one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That needs to be his only emote. Every button makes him do that same thing. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that they add emotes, and I think that they will continue with emotes. Oh, I hope so. They're a blast. You kill somebody that you've been killing a lot, and you know you're annoying them. You kill him and then you go right up to him and right after right after you land that death blow, you just do an emote. That's the greatest feeling of satisfaction in gaming. Yes, or you emote the person that has been emoting you the whole to get the whole game, or you emote the person who's abusing Lando. The emote I'm hoping for is the hello there. <laughs> yes, or another happy landing. I I saw a podcast, a Star Wars podcast, and they were going into how memes have saved the prequels. Hello there. Everybody loves the prequels because of the memes that have come out of that. Like, I love the prequels. I, I like the prequels. I think Revenge of the Sith is a really good movie. Um, episode 2, I despise. But the memes are strong in the prequels. I hate sand. <laughs> it's just like, you can use that in pretty much anything that mentions the beach. I don't like sand. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, that would be great. Now let's go on to the next bit of audio. Now, this, this elite soldier idea, who was that? That is Aiden Versio. Aiden Versio. Yeah, and she is the commander of Inferno Squadron, uh, which is a brand new elite special forces unit that we've uh, created with uh, Lucasfilm. You've been working with Lucasfilm. Imagine, I imagine if you're involved in story as deeply as you are now, you, you must be talking to Lucasfilm on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and so before, um, you know, before we get into Lucasfilm, I'll just clarify, this will be a canon story. This is authentic Star Wars. I, I say that because the, Steve doesn't like the word canon. So I said it before Steve. he's here. So, uh, well, you just mentioned Steve. I think now is a perfect time to bring out uh, uh, someone from Lucasfilm Story Group, Steve Blank. Steve, you back there? Come on out, say hello. Steve Blank from Lucasfilm Story Group. Come on out. Hi. You got it in Steve. Uh, you said that word that I don't know. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, so uh, let's, let's start from the beginning. How did, all, how did this whole process start on this with Story Group? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, as, as Mark mentioned, right, this was something that's been in the works for a while, right? They saw Force Awakens in theaters, and then they came to us at Lucasfilm, and they sat down both with, with Story Group, including Pablo and Leland and Matt Martin and myself, with our games production team internally at Lucasfilm, with people like Matt Philbrand and Orion and Jeff and Marco, and they sort of came to the table, being Mark and Motive, and said, hey, we're really interested in this, this time span, right, between Return of the Jedi and um, Force Awakens, and we'd really like to tell a story from an Imperial point of view, specifically in that span. And 
what they had done. They had done a lot of great homework before they even came to us and said, okay, we've been reading a lot of the new materials that you put out there. We've been reading Aftermath, we've read Shattered Empire, we've read Lost Stars. And so we understand, right, those details that you're, you're starting to lay the groundwork for, and we really want to use those to help us tell a story. And we were on board from day one with how awesome that sounded to kind of have that opportunity to, to tell a little bit more of what happens in that space, and specifically to do it from a really new perspective and a different point of view. And, and just to give props specifically to our writer, Mitch Dyer, he was the one <laughs> who had done a lot of that reading and a lot of, and a lot of that work. So this is our, our writer. Who has, who has read literally everything ever written about Star Wars. Which, which is awesome from our perspective because it comes in and it makes those conversations so much easier because you're all starting from the same place. And I, I want to jump in on, on that. It's not only that we cooperate on, on, on story and characters, you know, the big things. Yeah. I, I think someone on our team is talking to Lucas every day and no matter how small or how big an item is, we always talk. It's every ability, every blaster, every, yeah. every screw on the little starfighter. We talk about it and we find, try to find what is best because it has to be Star Wars, obviously. Right. Uh, it has to be Battlefront and it has to be right for our game. And that has been trem a tremendous pleasure. We also geek out a lot. Yes, there's a lot of geeking out. It will be, they've said that they're working with Lucasfilm pretty much daily, which is pretty awesome because I know from the, the first Battlefront, they were talking with them, but they weren't talking with them as frequently as they are with Battlefront 2 now. So that will, that gives me hope that this will be a super consistent thing. And I would not expect it to be inconsistent there. I mean, it's got like, how big is the story group now? I think five to 20 people. <laughs> so that that's going to be interesting to see. And also a little bit of news to go over, some of the stuff that, that's been covered. Uh, you cannot take off and land in a vehicle in Battlefront 2, so you will not be able to take a spaceship on the Battlefront, get into it, and then ride it into the atmosphere and into space and start battling. Uh, what, what do you think of this news? I'm okay with that. That doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah. What about you, Sam? I was kind of disappointed, but I can understand why they didn't add it. It's pretty complicated. That destroyed the Battlefront 3 game that we were going to have before Battlefront 2015. Uh, that, that team was trying to achieve that, and they kept on missing the dates and continued to uh, fail at bringing in the stuff that they needed to, to make it a successful and running game. So rolling is also in the game, but it has been improved. Um, so th that leads me to believe that you'll be able to roll forward to the side and then maybe backwards, but I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, what do you think of this news? Try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad that, yeah, well, I'm mean, not glad. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping it's similar to the old Battlefront 2 where you could do that diving roll forward, have a little bit of multi-directional movement, not just the side to side. Because combat rolls awesome in Battlefront now, but it is kind of limited because just a slight misdirection of your control stick can keep you from executing it, and you're usually dead after that. Yeah. I love going into Battlefront games and then just rolling around the person, uh, jumping up and down. 
uh, we were playing with our cousins one time and we were doing this to this one person and this one person was doing the exact same thing. We chased them throughout the whole map of the, uh, we were playing Droid Run on the Death Star and we chased them around the whole, the whole map, just like trading shots, trying to get this person, they'd go through this hallway and then turn back and go straight through us. It was, it was hilarious. So they've said, like, I've, I've seen a lot of people surprisingly negative of the jump pack. Um, and it will be in the game, but only certain classes will be able to use it. Do you do you understand the hatred of the jump pack? Honestly, no, I don't. It's just another component of the game. If you don't like it, don't use it. Don't fault other people for using things that improve your combat abilities or improve your gameplay. I personally don't use the jump pack that often, unless I have them on a map where I absolutely need it to get up to certain points. So if you want to use it, use it. And if you don't, don't. Don't hate on other people for what they use. Um, blasters will be easy to use, but hard to master. Now, this is something that Battlefront EA 2015 did pretty a pretty good job at. So that is something I'm excited to see how they actually take on. Because Battlefront is an approachable shooter. A lot of people that have that have talked to uh, me through the podcast have said that, hey, before this game... I was not a multiplayer shooter kind of guy, but Star Wars Battlefront was one of those approachable games that I could start at. So I hope they kind of take that, but also have that where if you do play it, you will continue to get better. And then if you have this previous previous knowledge of shooters, you will be able to use that and um, start it in the game pretty easily. I just really hope they bring back the DLT19X. That's my baby. It's my child. I'm pretty sure I saw a a trooper using the weapon in the concept art. And actually the the logo art. I zoomed in and there was a person using a weapon that looks a lot like the DLT19. I just hope they have the DLT19 next. I'd rather have that than the pulse cannon. I know those aren't quite the same, but I'm just saying I I like it more. It's it's really fun and challenging using the DLT19X um cuz it's one of those weapons that you have to change up your playstyle to use and I, I like going on to the bigger maps and just camping out and trying to get certain kills. I've actually went on a streak in the battle of uh, what is it the the Jakku map, the really open one, uh, Graveyard of Giants. Graveyard of Giants. Yeah, and I was just in the middle, running around all the wreckage and then headshotting people with the DLT 19x. It was so much fun. So the next bit of news. Uh, unique characters on each planet, which is is expected. So you'll be able to play the clones on certain maps and planets. You'll be able to play the Clone Wars, the prequel trilogy era on Kamino and that kind of stuff. Um, and then in the original trilogy, you'll be able to play Hoth as Imperials versus Rebels. And then something I like is no partner system or squad systems, but something new. Because I always had problems with when we were trying to do like a podcast a party, is if we got more than two people, which happened, it's, it's super hectic to try and like, hey, get over here, which, which direction? Uh, we're going to the B droid or the B section, whatever. And then you go over there and this person's going still going over there you claim it then you're like oh hey we're going to the c-section so that is something i hope that they change and fix to where 
you'll be able to get into a group of friends and then just go whole hog into Star Wars Battlefront and have a lot of fun through that. Yeah, the uh, the in-game invite system and party system from the previous Battlefront is not very good. The only way we were generally able ever able to play together with people I wanted to play with was if we were already in an Xbox Live party. Yeah. And then we joined the game from the Xbox menu. That was about the only way to properly coordinate it. Because there'd be times on the Battlefront menu where I would get an invite saying my party, the in-game invite system would tell me your party has joined the game. I'd hit to join and it would say I was in the queue because the game was full. And they would get into the game and tell me there's like five spots open on both teams. And then I could go out to the Xbox menu, hit to join their game, and it would load me right in. So I don't know what the deal was with the old one. That, That was, it's so annoying. Like every time... Uh, when we played with our cousins or friends of the podcast, we would go over there. They'd send us an invite. We'd go into the match, and they're like, hey, we've got five spots open. It's like one of one. Q. Like, what is going on right now? So I really, really hope that they change that. That's something that needs to be changed and improved upon. Agreed. Because I love playing with friends. That is just, it is so much fun to go in there and get into a party, just go just go and have fun claiming these points in the in the the locations of star wars and just go into a game and start playing but that never happens because you're like oh did you send an invite yeah i just sent it oh wait i didn't get it um do you, are you in the game no i haven't gotten in the game yet oh hey hurry get in the game we've got an open spot oh that just got taken so it's very hectic and hard to actually coordinate See, what's something that you want in Battlefront 2 to change from the first game? I'm not sure if it's an overall game issue or if it's just a time-to-time issue, but the weapon tracking seems to be really hit and miss on Battlefront. Weapon, weapon tracking how? Uh, like with shot, shot patterns or the delay between when you fire and when they hit, or some weapons that you know don't possess the range that they do hitting you, like the inconsistencies in the range and damage on the weapons. I got shot by somebody the other night, it might have been last night when I was playing, that had the DL-18, and they shot one time and killed me with it, without explosive shot or anything. That has a very low damage on it, so to me, that was that's confusing. I've seen that happen fairly consistently. Again, I don't know if that's really an overall game issue or not, but a little more consistency with the weapons. Yeah. And, and whatever statistics they show us, if they do that system again where it displays you know, the readout for the weapons, actually the in-game performance of the weapons match those. Yeah. Um, th- just the other day I was playing, and uh, it was it was a pretty big map, and from across the map, this person uses the CA-87 and then snipes me. I'm just like, what is going on right now? That is something that I want them to have a greater focus on, is like, I, I know it's, it's pretty difficult to get everything set up, um for that to where like maybe they just miss a code and then that actually happens but i hope that they try and run this the the weapons a little more consistently um to actually stop the ca87 from sniping across a huge map absolutely the ca87 should not be able to shoot more than a few feet in front of it unless you've got you know focus fire explosive shot on it maybe watching the the a new hope and then seeing the jawas use the ca87 i was like hmm there's there's a little inconsistency here because they spark the R2D2 droid and then in the game it's like a huge cannon explodes in your hands. 
in the game it tends to be a smaller version of the freaking Death Star super laser sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Power to destroy a planet within your hands. And the Jawas of all people are walking around with it. Yeah, people should fear the Jawas more when they have that huge beast of a weapon walking around like Mos Eisley. It's like, oh, they're just Jawas, and it's like, boom. That's what I hope they have in Battlefront 2. Please give us playable Jawas. That that would be awesome if you can play Jawas like a... Oh, yeah, maybe Jawas, Ewoks. Like, you could do the, the game mode on the old one, was it? Where you had to hunt? Yeah, hunt. And you could play as the troopers, or you could play as the creatures, like the Wampas or the Jawas or Ewoks. That would be awesome. That that would be so much fun, just going around as a Wampa, destroying the Rebel troopers or the Imperials. Like it doesn't really matter who. Just like get out, get off my planet and my ice caves. I hope that they add that. Maybe. Do you think that they'll go after the the Gungan? Like, do you think that they will implement the Gungans in any way? I mean, I would. I would think you could easily. They're supposed to be, you know, a warrior race, but I would assume with the general consensus dislike and backlash for, I know specifically it's Jar Jar Banks, not really all of the Gungans, they'll probably steer clear of them, if I had to guess. Yeah. And I wouldn't fault them for that. Misa just got shot. <laughs> Yeah, if if they did add Jar Jar Binks as a hero, which I highly doubt, like if they did that, I would I would go cry because it's like, oh my gosh, they're they're about to get destroyed. But if they did add that, people would just play him as like a joke, and then every single person on the opposite team will target that one person, no matter if they're losing or winning the game mode, they will go after Jar Jar Binks to kill Jar Jar Binks. They could at least give us, like, a Jar Jar Binks emote. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that that would be hilarious. If, like you are saying, going on a streak and just using the emote, if you use a Jar Jar Binks emote, oh, I, I they they may quit the game. Just be like, oh, no, I'm not dealing with this right now. Not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah, so th- that could be an interesting decision. Uh, that... If they added Gungans in any way or Jar Jar Binks, it would be like they added the the helmetless stormtroopers again. I I think it would be I on that scale. That again. I don't ever want to see that again. That was garbage. No more Grandma Stormtroopers. <laughs> R.I.P. Grandma Stormtrooper. Yeah. Personal podcast fave. Yeah, that that is one of the quotes that if uh, when we hit the two year anniversary, that that will be pulled up to use. <laughs> So, and what's awesome is we'll be hitting two years of doing the podcast before Battlefront 2 comes out. Oh, excellent timing. So you could do your two-year anniversary as a recap plus a little final preview of the game. Yes. And then maybe uh, predict Blast where you uh, have only one life. Don't waste it on secondary fire. Yes. <laughs> Not right, Sam? Correct. Sam was over there on that one-year anniversary episode. YOLO. Yolo blast. <laughs> yeah that that was a that was a super fun podcast to record. And then let's see, we're almost to episode one hundred. Just this is probably eighty three, right? So seventeen more. Eighteen more. This will be episode eighty two. Ah, oh, eighteen more. Okay. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. Hopefully, we'll get like a a, a bunch of people on for that. Hopefully, it's the developers and go into the the past of Star Wars Battlefront and look to the future. You've taken your first step into a larger world. I think that's 
about it for this episode. We have more audio clips to go over, but we're an hour in. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. Or if you don't have the money and would like to support the show, you can go to iTunes and leave a review. If you don't know what to say, just leave your favorite Star Wars character. Our new intro music was made by Daniel Barham or at Gafunko on Twitter. G-A-F-U-N-K-O. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line, put podcast guest. We do the guest episodes through Skype, so make sure you have a Skype account. You can leave feedback on our email. That again is battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at SWB Podcast for all things Battlefront, and you can also follow us at Tie-Dye Sheep YT for Warring Galaxy News. If there's new Battlefront news, we will cover it first on our Twitter. May the Force be with you, always. Small, All right. ladies and gentlemen.